Hi guys, before we get started with this week's episode, we just have a little bit of news for you. Oh yes. We do. The news is that we now have a dedicated section on the official Manchester United app just for our podcast. Maisad Garnet, loving it? Yes, loving it. We know what you're thinking. Why should I move my favourite podcast app all the way over to a new app? Well, two reasons. Reason one is that you will get the podcast a whole 24 hours earlier. I think that's a really good reason. That's 24 hours earlier than everywhere else. And you can be first in line to hear every new episode. Yeah, and reason number two is it allows us to bring you so much more than just the episode. So if we talk about goals, you'll be able to see the goals within the app and you'll also see associated articles and something a lot of people have requested. You'll be able to watch more episodes of the podcast all in one place which to me seems sensational Mm -hmm. but if you're not convinced and want to stay where you are that's fine too we'll still bring you our pods right here every week as usual right here right now but also if you're on the app you won't have to sit through us telling you all this every time that's good isn't it yeah because this is going to get repeated if you're listening on something else but not on the app Uh, anyway that's it the official Manchester United app now has a podcast section loads going on in there check it out now on with this episode download the app Welcome to another episode of the United Podcast. Maisie, how are you? I'm all good. All Helen, good. how about you? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Sam? I'm great, thank you. Do you want to mention it? Yeah, we're all wearing green. Oh, Not wearing planned. Green. Not yeah. planned. Subconsciously. Iron. Well, yes, subconscious. Do you think for we all guest. put green on for mm-hmm. our guest today? Maybe that we is. did. That would mean that we are so much smarter than what we seem. This was just my clean jumper. <laughs> um, also, it's a pretty much the same shade of green. Yeah, I know. Yeah. How would, you, how would you describe that green? It's a slightly dark olive green, I would say. Yeah. Khaki. Khaki green. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, well, we've, got, we've got that out of the way. Should we, uh, should we talk about our guest? Do you know what the thing is? Sorry, this is really weird. But I just keep noticing green things in the room too. Is anybody else doing that? I've got a green no. coat. And I've so got a green coat today. Green up there. Yeah. Green extension lead. There's green outside. <laughs> it, for those of you familiar with the podcast, you'll be aware that this is what happens. For those of you not, this is what it's like when we're not recording. Yeah, we have really, really bad conversations. Funny Usually conversations. started by Sam. Yeah. That's outrageous. <laughs> uh, right, should we talk about our guest? Maisie, obviously you didn't play with him, but you green, know Jimmy pretty well, off. don't you? Jimmy Greenough. Obviously, we've not even mentioned his name. No. Yeah. Well, everybody uh, knows it's on the title. Right, okay. Obviously, you didn't know him as a player, Maisie, but you know no. him as a person and... I can, I I can honestly say he is one of the nicest blokes. I, I know I say it about a lot of people. You do, but, but I know you do But God, Jimmy is one of the nicest fellas you will ever, ever meet. He's so placid, so calm, so cool, and... Collected? Collected. Throw that one in as well. Such a nice guy. Do you know one thing I always notice about Jimmy when I've worked here for 10 years? He always remembers your name. Yeah. No matter who you are, and that goes a long way. He does. does. Yeah. Yeah, but no. Lovely man. Lovely, oh, lovely great, man. Great and a fantastic footballer. Mm-hmm. Uh, frequently referenced as one of the best English players to never be called up. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still uh, scoring record was. Yeah, I just can't wait to hear his, hear his story coming from small Yorkshire town, Barnsley, to Leeds, to Manchester United. Where he played with his brother. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing, that, isn't it? That, that must have been so cool. cool. 
On that point, yeah. I've got a small quiz question for you. Oh. So there are 12 pairs of brothers who have played for Manchester United or Newton Heath. So I'm only going to ask you for the green offs onwards. So there's six pairs of brothers who've played for Manchester United, do including we do- the green offs. Is do this we- being recorded? This is being recorded. Do we just have to try and rattle them off or what's well, the idea? Yeah, I want to hear I want to hear what you've got. Is it what we have to do six each or just between us? Just tell us what you've got. Well, you're looking for five more. Five more pairs of yeah. brothers who've played for Manchester okay. United. Well, obviously, And the green offs are the first chronologically. So, and they obviously, yeah, so they came in the 60s. So... Will Kane and Michael Kane. Nice. Oh, the last on the list. The, most the Nevilles are the obvious ones. They're in there. And Johnny the and Corey Evans. They're not on this list. <laughs> oh my God. But did Corey make a first team appearance? The Silver. Did you get that? I said the De Silvers. The De Silvers are in there. Nice. Um, and then... You're looking for someone between the Nevilles and the De Silvers. Yeah. And between the Greenoffs and the Nevilles. These are tough. How many appearances? Don't know. I don't say on this website. Okay, did... but is it somebody that Initials? we should get? Um, okay, so after the Greenoffs, we're talking. That's Macy's territory. We're talking about a club captain and his brother. I didn't know this. Oh, but you I didn't know his brother plays. There's going to be people listening, and they're going to be like, "It's days, guys. Days, guys. Days, guys." I don't think they'll be showing that. <laughs> <laughs> so between Greenoff and Neville. Yeah, it's it's around the time of the Greenoffs. To be fair, Martin Buchan. Correct. Wow. Oh my goodness. And his brother George. By the way, I'm so good at quizzes. George Buchan. Keep him coming. Keep him coming. And then now we're looking at 2005 to 2008. Well, and we still haven't got them. You still haven't got them. No, but, we didn't get a point for Johnny and Corey. Oh, I thought we named them all. But okay. the, there's, one, yeah, there's one more. Initials begins with E. Oh, so the surname begins with E. E. <laughs> uh, both, I want to say both defenders. I'm going to say both defenders. Do you just give up? I don't want to give up. But I also accept that we have time limitations. So it is Richard and Adam Eckersley. Of course it is. That is the last. So there's 12. You're not going to get them. We're no, talking no, no. Newton Heath, 1886. Well, there's 12. All in. There's, there's 12 brothers who've played. And they've all played together by the looks of, it, by the, looks of the years. Wow. That's amazing. Tasker, I appreciate that little question. Thank you. I'll be honest. I thought we would get them all straight away. And yeah. we, we didn't. But I think At least okay. we know who Jimmy and Brian Greenoff are. That's most important. Yeah. yeah. If you did yeah. better, let us know. Obviously, now to get in touch, you can find us all online or it's unitedpodcast.co.uk. Tell us how you got on in the Tasker's little quiz. Maybe we'll have more of those in the future. Yeah. Probably not. Okay, cool. He doesn't want to do the work. Fair enough. Um, All right, well, I suppose we should jump from this to Jimmy Greenoff. Here he is. Jimmy Greenoff, welcome to the United Podcast. I think that you might be our first super fan. Super fan? Yeah, Yeah. you just said you watch every episode. I do, yeah. John O'Shea was one of your favourites. I just said he was. I didn't expect him to be so good, so uh, I really enjoyed that, uh, that podcast, yeah. Tell us another favourite that you've had. Thanks for coming on our podcast. Now tell us all the things you like about us. We don't usually meet people that watch every episode. I love it. Yeah, well, well, Mickey was good, wasn't he? I mean, and you don't want the tear job, but kind of Lou goes on about it as well. Oh my god, it was emotional. That one didn't take much for me to blow up, you know. (laughs) Jimmy, it's great to have you with us. Nice to be here, Alan. We know that you are at Old Trafford frequently, though. You do the matches. Tell everybody who is listening or watching what your role is on match day. Well, we come in obviously and meet up with the uh, ex-players. Most of them I played with: Stuart Pearson, uh, Sammy McElroy. Arthur Olberston, and um, and then we're given a room to go to, or the private boxes. We go there, and until kick off, we kind of answer questions that they want to know, or tell them kind of some stories that 
is right for the for the box. You know, I'm from Bristol, and I go, oh, I've seen Joe Jordan. He's from Bristol, yeah. and it's just kind of like, and it goes ever so quick. And, and what has happened? Made so many friends, Aww. so many friends that are Man United supporters, and I am obviously. And yeah, it's nice to greet me after every day, even if I'm not working there. It's lovely. Aww. I think that I like the thing I love about stories like that, and. You'll probably know this more than most people because you have the opportunity, but of course you were here as well, is I think from the outside, you look at Manchester United and you think, what an enormous football club. This is so big. And yet on the inside, it's just this little community, isn't it? Of Like you said, of, of people you've met who become friends and you just enjoy a game of football together like everybody else around the country. It just happens to be yeah. at the biggest club. Yeah. Honestly, what, what, what we do realise is that Man United being a Man United fan, there's so many that dislike us that we do, else we all realise and we all kind of stick together. Mm -hmm. And then you know then that you're talking to someone about Man United and they're not taking the mickey, you know. Mm -hmm. What? How long have you two known each other, Maisie and Jimmy? Ooh, Jim. I'm just trying to think. Cause... Yeah, I would say working with the lounges, I'd say the last 10, 15 years would it be? He always speaks very highly of you, Jimmy. I love really? Jimmy. Oh, always. Jimmy, you're in my top one of, of my <laughs> favourite players. Well, you're not so bad yourself, David. But anyway, let's get back to the uh, beginning of your childhood, growing up in Barnsley. Well, he lived in terraced houses. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah. But they were all terraced houses all over the place. Tin bath on a nail outside the back door. <laughs> Outside toilet? Outside toilet. Yeah. Every time you went, you were frightened to death of a rat appearing. Oh, lovely. So, I mean, it was like that. But uh, regarding me upbringing and all that, they were wonderful women, my parents. So I couldn't have asked for anything more. I got best football boots. and So I was I was happy. What did your parents do? My dad used to work for in at Stocksbridge in the steelworks. And my mum, my dad did, wouldn't let my mum go to work, even though... Could have done with it, you know. Were they football fans? Because I'm thinking if they were buying you the yeah. nicest football boots, then you yeah. think they would have a passion for it. Well, they followed us all over me. I'm Brian, you know, local, playing for the school, and then mm -hmm. be there on the touchline. So, um, what got you into football in the first place? Who was who was that person, yeah, or was it just you I mean, saw it and you love it? Tennis ball, anything there. Bottom of the road was a gable ends. There was a shot with gable end, and then a. Hat. And every day I got home from school, especially when it was tennis ball, to the other gable end, throwing the ball, volleying to the the other gable, on which I'd drawn some goalposts. Yeah. And there was always guys there who were bookie runners. Right. And they used to watch me all the time and they loved it. And you could hear them. And it, I don't know, he kind of made me get... Made me do it all the more because, oh, did you see that? Did you see yeah, that? Yeah. So I was kind of... Get a couple more in, you know, before I go for my dinner. <laughs> Brilliant. Who was the football team that you supported as a family or you as a child? Barnsley and United. Mm -hmm. What was the affiliation with, obviously being in Yorkshire, was United, what was the attraction of United? I don't know, it was just, I mean, we had a guy there who played for United, and he was a bit of a near, Tommy Taylor. Yeah. He was a Barnsley lad. Later, kind of, I got to know that, that Mark Jones was on the outskirts of Barnsley. But Tommy Taylor, he was the one at first, you know, kind yeah. of. That's when the ball was going up and was coming down and it was heading. It was Tommy Taylor knocking it in, you know. Brilliant. Yeah. Love that. And at this point, you were, so when you were playing for your school and stuff, you were a centre-back, right? 
and I wanted to be a winger, left mm -hmm. winger, because I could use my left foot. That's another thing I'll have to tell you against this gable and I'm throwing the tennis ball, practising that left foot, and I was getting all the style of Bobby Charlton. <laughs> I mean, I had to kick the, with the left foot like Bobby did. Probably. Was he your hero? He was a bit of one, yeah. Yeah. Do you know when you say that he's your hero, what was it like then? I know we're going to skip a few years, but when you actually met him, was he, because people say don't meet your heroes at times, but... Yeah, I suppose it is. It's one of those that as you're going to meet him, somebody's going to introduce, you do get a little bit of, what am I, what am I going to say, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, but he's a good guy, isn't he? He's a great lad. So back to Sam's question. You played centre-back, but you wanted to be a winger. I wasn't centre-back. I was right half, the old number four. Yeah. Who yeah. can I relate to in a number four? Come on, David. Bruce? Centre half, isn't it? You're a centre half. I don't know. I don't know. No, the, the, the number four was time, kind of was linked to the midfield. Right. The number four and number ten were supposed to link up. Uh -huh. So it wasn't a defender as such. Oh, the Makaleli role. Sort of Owen Hargreaves. So you were like a defensive Holy midfielder? midfielder no. no. Wasn't a defender. That's where I used to get the Rollkins from when I started at Leeds with Jack Charlton. used to. Get back. Oh, dear. So, let somebody win the ball for me and I'll kind of do the rest, you so know. Yeah. So tell us what position you were. Right half, the call. Right, right half. half. Yeah. We'll go with right half. <laughs> <laughs> but you wanted to be a left winger? I said, I wanted to be a left winger on you because I could do, I learned how to use left right, okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so tell us how your journey came to being a professional footballer. What was... The protocol at the time, were you playing for the school team? I went to grammar school, believe it or not. And when you go to grammar school, anywhere really, it's usually rugby. rugby yeah. I had um, a German guy called Goodman, Eric Goodman, and he was football crazy. And so the old school was football. He was a sportsmaster. And, uh, and that's it, and I just loved it. I went to the grammar school thinking to play rugby, and it was all football right up my street. Mm. Was your academic at school as well? Well, after the first year, you get put in yeah. grades A, B, C, D, and so on. <laughs> and I got to 2B straight away, so I was quiet. I was doing the old French and what have yeah, you. Yeah. And at the end, I, I had to buy, or my father bought me out of school because you'd do five years, and I'd only done four, and I wanted out. I was football, football, football. What age was you then, then, to get bought 15. out? Fifteen. So how much do you pay for something like that? Ten quid, that's all it was. What? But it was a lot in them days, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, but mm -hmm. still, you just paid £10 and you just leave school? Out of grammar school. I don't know about the others, love. Also, I assume that would have been quite a big <laughs> thing for your parents to agree to because I suppose you were getting a good education and I imagine, would you have passed an 11 plus? No, so I was going on about, so I got in, was it 2B was my first, yeah. or 2, 2B. And then the year after that, I was, I would have been, no, I was in, 3C. Oh, dear. <laughs> if I'd have stayed on, I'd have been in 5F. <laughs> so I think it was time So you got to out go. while you were in 4E? Yeah, well, but the last <laughs> words my father said to me before, went, they took me to the um, headmaster just to confirm everything and he called me in and, and I came back out and, and my dad went in and then he come out and he just said to me, now are you sure you're going to make it as a footballer? <laughs> And my words to him was, you know, I will. I uh, was it so back in he went. I think paid his tenner and <laughs> I went home. Wow. Wow. What an unbelievable story yeah. that is! Oh my god! Did you enjoy school? No, I enjoyed <laughs> school. 
sports time. Yeah. yeah. What, what about what about your Brian then? Did he have the same route or similar? No, Brian went to a secondary modern school, so he was right. he had a better time than me at school, apart from the football. You know. Yeah. I had a good team there, like I said, and mm-hmm. the German teacher. It's, I couldn't wish for anything better than that, honestly. Oh, it's brilliant. And you get out of school early as well. Yeah, <laughs> happy days. So, so what, was the, what was the route after school then? Well, that's why I had to leave as well, because football clubs wanted you. They wouldn't wait till you were 16 in my day. I don't right. know if it had changed. But they wanted to have you there so they could take you through the um, apprenticeship. apprenticeship. yeah. And so then after that, went straight straight to Leeds, Leeds United. Straight from Barnsley to Leeds? Sorry. Just, yeah, just from home. Uh, yeah, from yeah. yeah. In digs? Not at first, I travelled. No. Right. And then I started, <laughs> listen, I was forever going past Barnsley Station asleep. <laughs> On the way home. And the people at the place called Wumwell, you say, oh no, he's here again. <laughs> <laughs> and as it happened, as the train went into Wumwell, the, the Wumwell train to Barnsley was going out. <laughs> so it was, tell him to rush. <laughs> and that's after training. You're going home after training, yeah, fell asleep because yeah, obviously you're yeah, knackered. Knackered. That's class. Just to check, when you were leaving school, had you got the agreement in place with Leeds so you knew that that path was there? My dad had, because we weren't supposed to speak to anybody else. You got a real in trouble, you know, yeah. so don't... My dad had, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you go to Leeds for trial or...? Training? No, I'll tell you what we had, no. I'll tell you how it all came round with Leeds. It was my dad who chose it, not me. I left him... Speaking to Mike. I left him. (laughs) (laughs) It was was my dad who kind of... As the clubs were coming for me, I'd have you ringing up or whatever, and I just said to my dad, you decide where I go. He played a little bit for Lincoln when there was no money around. He knew the game. I just said, leave it to you. Leeds came... And I ended up signing for Leeds, believe it. Barnsley not coming for you? No. Barnsley came in for me, yeah. yeah. He was following me around the streets, the manager, Jock Steele. I went down to the um, local shop for some sweets, and there he was with his um, number two, Norman Rimington. I don't know if you've heard of him. No, no. And they're walking up the street and stopped me and just said, Are you coming to sign for us? I want to see my dad. Brilliant. So, so you go to Leeds... Did you have trials there or? No, they used to come and watch. I had, I played for a great Barnsley boys team, right? A great Barnsley boys. Yeah. We won the English Shield. Right. Real good side. And it was that, they would come obviously to my dad. We weren't supposed to, we weren't supposed to talk to them and what have you. But my father says he knows what he's on about. He was so impressed with Sid Owen. Now Sid Owen came here coaching. He was so impressed with him. He says, let him get to Leeds and... That was it. He says, he'll look after you, he'll look after you. And he did. He was, I'd become friends with him in a way, you know. Brilliant. Every time he spoke, you listen, you know. He was, so as a kid, you never went to Leeds for trials or play any football? Never went for trial. Well, no, they'd just been watching me. The that was it, just watching, watching. Just said, right, that's it. And then obviously gone to me and said, we need, you know, we want him. So you yeah. left school straight to Leeds? Yeah. Made your debut at 16. Yeah. So they were obviously impressed. Did you just take all that in your stride? Did it worry you? No, it didn't worry me at all. Got the ball, I'm all right, truthfully. Oh, shut up. Shut up. There you go. Love it, Jimmy. I'll ring you later, Pancho. I'm just doing that podcast, mate. It's all right, Jim. You can just talk. Oh, I've turned him off now. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Pancho. <laughs> we need to get Pancho on the uh, podcast as well. Tap him up. Yeah. Bring him back. Bring him back. <laughs> uh, quick phone call there, Jimmy, and all sorted. That? Yeah. Yeah. 
Who Perfect. was it? Punch. Punch or person. That's who we need to get on. Yeah. Well, we'll call him back we'll, after. We'll leave that to you, Jimmy, to sort yeah, out. I'll ring him for you if you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were telling us you, 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 were not, you weren't worried, you weren't nervous, you were 16, you are playing for Leeds. What were your ambitions at that point? Was it just to keep in the first team? Were you looking for silverware? Were you thinking about other clubs? No, I just play first team football. And it was difficult for me because I was a number four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and who else was number four there and in the first team? Billy Bremner. So mm-hmm. I hadn't much ch- chance of getting mm-hmm. in. Apart from him being a great player, he was golden boy for um, Don Reavy. And I had a big mate to myself. I became real big mates with him. What was he like as a manager? At first, I quite liked him, obviously. But uh, afterwards, no, he's, he just wouldn't... Didn't seem to be playing. It was kind of last choice to play if, even if Billy was injured, you know. So and they knock, knock, knock on his door all the time, and I was getting no, nowhere. And at the end, I'll tell you why I really disliked him when I when I left. I mean, I've told a few of the Leeds lads this as well. Eddie Gray, Jimmy Lumsden. But um, I'm knocking on the door, and he come in. So I went in, and he said, "What do you want?" I said, oh, "I'm telling you, has anybody been in for me? I want to wait." I've had enough of you. <laughs> and uh, he said, there's nobody been. I said, well, it's in the paper all the time that clubs are coming in for me. And you were saying, no. He said, but can I tell you this? He said, nobody ever wants to leave Leeds. And that's when I said, well, I'm sorry. I do. Desperate to leave. So I think that hurt him. And eventually he rang and told me to get in. So I went in. How old was you, how old was you then, Jim? Seven. How old was I? Yeah, at this time. <sighs> I think I was 22 or 22 right, okay. on, something like that. So you've been in and out of the first team then and stuff? Yeah, I mean, it, well, they'd done the kind of... I think Sid Owen really rated me. Mm-hmm. So he got him in. He said, look, play... So he played on the wing and then I played... Then move him up front. He moved me... Sid moved me up front in a reserve team game and I did all right. And I right. know I did all right. Yeah. And then he played me a couple of times, but then he went back to how he used to be. I mean, he got some like Peter Lorimer there to play. Yeah. And then some players, by the way. Did you blame oh, yeah. him in a way for a lack of England caps at that time? No, I was brought up to say your bread and butter is your, your club. Yeah. That's just a bonus. You yeah. Know? Look after yourself with the bread and butter, you know. How did your move of position come about? Because obviously you were a number four, as we all know, the old right centre half. And then at what point did you become a winger and then obviously you just told us then you got moved to centre forward this was Sid Owen who did it like I said he just kind of said I'm going to play uh, I was on the wing I'm going to play you up front and I think then I realised that I was quite good at holding the ball up for him yeah. which, which they wanted and do you know who did the same thing for because he played at wing half Mark Hughes and it was Sid Owen who pushed him up front wow while he was here pushed him up front and he didn't turn out bad did he I did all right, yeah. <laughs> I did all right. Yeah. At this at this point, so while you're at Leeds, obviously you're a relatively young man, especially when you're 16, 17, 18, you're playing in the first team. I think certainly for me and I guess you two too, when we talk about that era of football in, in, in the 60s, we know it's perhaps much more physical. How did you cope with that? Because you would have been very young and so I assume not the strongest person on the pitch. That was quick though. Right. <laughs> Nobody could catch you. Yeah, I was quite, you know, and I did play even when I was at Leeds. When I got in the team, my favourite way of playing was one touch, one touch, two touch, mm-hmm. knock the ball out of me, one touch, couldn't get near me. Did you enjoy your time at Leeds overall? I enjoyed the lads, the lads, yeah, and 
And Sid Owen, I can't speak to earlier. He used to shout at the youngsters. If you ask Mark Hughes about him, he'll probably say, no, I didn't like him. Shout at people. But he was only doing it for their own mm -hmm. good, you know. Mm -hmm. So you got your move and you went to Birmingham? Great. Oh, but oh. that's what he said. He said, there's only Birmingham being in for your second division. And I think he expected me to say, well, that's it. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. going there. And in the end, I said, well, I'll go there then. You did win the league, though, didn't you, at Leeds? Yeah. Did won you know? the league cup. I left. And the Intercities in Fairs cup. cup. We won the League Cup. Yeah. Still got your medal? Tankered. Is that who has a tanker? <laughs> so you went to Birmingham. Was that like a force move then? I, he knew that I was, I was desperate to get away. <laughs> Tom, our cameraman. He's a Birmingham he, fan. He, he's a big Birmingham fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, he stopped me then just when I was going to say. But when I got... The crowd itself were fantastic oh, towards me. There you go. No, they were. Absolutely. I can still remember the chant, mate. What was the chant? Jimmy, Jimmy Green. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> what a bad <what> <laughs> chant. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Have you heard that one in the stands, Tom? Uh, no. <laughs> Quite original, uh, that one. Sorry? It's, a, it's an original song. Oh, dear. So was it like moving down to Birmingham then? Was you married then? Was you, yeah. yeah. Just got married. Just, got just married. moved into a house in Leeds. Oh, lovely. But I think I moved because I, I was just desperate to yeah, get away. Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah. And it wasn't right, really. I shouldn't have done the, the wife's father had done a lot to the house, you know, that I bought. And uh, it's still history now. And how much did you go for? What was the fee? 60, I think. 60,000. Did you get anything of that? Was you promised anything? We spoke to Joe Jordan yesterday and he's, he, he mentioned about getting 500 quid. Uh, Johnny Giles came to me after when I'd signed and got a grip of me. And he, and he said, that I wanted to have a word with you before you... Said, I hope you got a lot of money. He says you've come from school, you know what I mean? Yeah, cost the club nothing. Don't cost them anything. I went, no, John. Did you find that the older senior pros like that looked after you? Because Joe Jordan mentioned it. Well, Billy Brennan was a big post. mate of mine, even though he was keeping me out. Yeah. We would go out with Billy and his wife, Vicky, and my wife, Joan. So yeah. Good company. Good lad. So how was your time at Birmingham? No, I'm just saying that the club, the, the fans love me, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, um, but it was still the second division. And I think that when I left, that was, that was I just couldn't believe that and it'll live with me forever and ever. Because I was scoring goals galore. Mm -hmm. And I think I scored 12 goals in my first nine games. And we were training up at Elmden. And we'd done a training session and Joe Mallet, who was the coach, Come over to him, beckon me. Stan wants to see you down at the ground when you've got ready, when you've had your shower. Stan Cullis, that is, who was the manager. Oh, I says, right. Got in the car, set off. And as I'm driving down, I'm going, yeah, we're going to rip your contract up, Jim. We're going to double your money. <laughs> <laughs> and what am I going to say, you know, and all this. Think about, think about it, boss, and what have you. But, uh, anyway, I got there, knocked on the door, come in. You want to see me, boss? He says, yeah, yeah, um... And it was ages. I says, what do you want me for, boss? He says, yes, you're not scoring enough goals, son. <laughs> I says, come on, what do you want me for? You know, do Oh, I'm being serious, he went. You are not scoring enough goals. Nine in 12. I scored 12, 12, 12 in nine. So I says, what are you on about? I says, come on, what do you want me here for? He says, you're not scoring enough goals. He says, when did you last score? This is on a Thursday, by the way, when he's talking to me. He said, when did you last score then? I said, Saturday. 
I said, I scored the first. I said, Jeff Vowden scored three and Phil Summerall scored the other one. You probably remember them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, you're still not scoring enough goals. And I said, tell you what, get me on the list. I'm never going to play for you again if you don't understand football. Like, you don't know what I've scored and what... You know what I mean? That's did, what you said to the guy. Did he yeah. think that you hadn't scored? Was he getting confused or he genuinely just didn't think you were scoring enough? I thought he was taking the risk. I tried trying to say something to get him to score more. Yeah. And you know, he was... that serious. He was the old kind of when he was at Wolverhampton. He frightened them all to death, didn't he? If you look it all on. Right. He frightened them to death. He used to call them in and shout at them. And if you don't do that, you're down the road. And well, It was bad. So you called his bluff and said, right, well, get, get me on the list. Yeah. And is that what happened? And he sold you to Stoke? Stoke was just, yeah, sold me to Stoke. Was that a better club? Yeah, it was, yes. I mean, the manager was really good, Tony Waddington. Right. They'd, and they'd always got players that could beat anybody in the league, you know, anyone. George Easton, Peter Dobin. They just wanted to play football. Yeah. And so he took us there and uh, bought Alan Hudson. But before that, we'd won, we won the League Cup. Mm-hmm. Stoke had never won anything. That was in 1972. 72. And that's all the talk about now at Stoke. And if there's any Stokers listening, watching, yeah, they'll tell you the same. But they're having a, what they call it, a reunion-type um, thing. Oh, that'd be nice. Oh. Yeah. What's the... So a year later, you won the Watney Cup? Yeah. What's that? What's that? Just a Watney... United were in it, mind you. Yeah, but what is it? Like the League is Cup? It, or? Is it an equivalent? Just a knockout. It was. I think they only had it that year. Ah, right, OK. Who was in it? The Watney Cup. Tasker will we'll take a break, he'll Google it. was a short-lived English football yeah. tournament held in the 70s. Founded 1970, abolished 1973. Yeah. <laughs> Number <laughs> eight. So Derby, United, Colchester, West Brom, Bristol Rovers, Sheck United, Stoke and Hull were the only Hull. teams who competed. Yeah. So the Watney Cup, where was that played, the final of that? Victoria Ground, Stoke. Right. Who was that against final? Hull. Hull. Two so nil. that was started in 19, 1970, that cup started, but it was abolished was in 73. So I saying they're having a kind of reunion. So you're still the actual holders of that cup, to be fair, Jim. Yeah. Yeah, Stoke are still really? the holders yeah. of the Watney 48 Cup. 48 years you've held that onto that, that trophy. <laughs> Quick maths. Well, I was born. First time I've been on somebody's shoulders, <laughs> that was. I was, was captain, it? I was up there. <laughs> Had Brian made it as a professional by this stage? I'm trying to think of the year and all that. He did, he was at United, obviously. Did you? Was there any point that you had ambitions? Because obviously you were both professional footballers. Were you ever looking and thinking, "Oh, it'd be great if we played on the same team"? Was that a thing you ever talked about? He did. Oh, did he? Yeah. And was he hoping that he could go to Stoke or was he hoping you would go to United or did he not care? He just thought it'd be great to play together. No, I had to go to United. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And obviously you got that opportunity. I did. And did that come about because you wanted to move or the Stoke wanted to sell you because the stadium was damaged in a storm and they had to raise yeah. funds? It was. It was damaged in a storm. And we went in for training on Thursday and I walked down the passage and all the lads were, were in the home team dressing room. And they're all, this is what you're doing. Because I was captain and I had a <laughs> bitter response. With, what are you doing like that way? Aren't you out warming up or whatever? Well, I mean, you're seeing out there. And I said, what are you on about? I think you better go down the uh, tunnel. The gaffer's there, he says, in the in the centre circle. I think you better go and ask him. Oh, why are you there? And ask him when we're training next. 
And I thought, so I gone down the tunnel, I'd missed it as I was coming in. Right. So I went down the tunnel and uh, walked over to him and there it was, caved in in the middle, roof was off. I said, what a mess. And he said, uh, tell me about it. He says, but it gets worse. And he says, I said, in, in what way? He said, well, the game's off Saturday. I thought, that's, <laughs> that's a certainty. He says, but we had an emergency board meeting last night. Somebody from the terraces, houses, which were round about, obviously they phoned somebody at the club and said, you better get somebody down here. Your grounds are shambles, you know, so obviously come. So we had an emergency board meeting. I says, yeah, he says, and we sorted it out, what we're doing. So what are you doing? He said, we're having to sell players to pay for it. I said, can't do that. So we've got a hell of a side here, you yeah. know. I think, I don't know, we were in the league fifth or something like that at the time anyway. He said, oh, we are, Jim. He says, and you're first to go. I said, let me tell you this, I'm going nowhere. He said, I love it here. The crowd love me, the champion yeah. name all the time. We settled in Old Sager where we live, going nowhere. And, I, I, and I this, this is I, an argument in the middle of the pitch. It's not an argument. I'm telling him what's happening. Yeah. I'm going nowhere. And he, he just said, well, yeah. I said, you try. I'm going nowhere. And he said, in fact, now, at this moment in time, Billy Bingham, manager of Everton, is on his way down the M6 to sign you. So he's wasting his journey. I'm going nowhere. And then I went to go to walk away, and uh, as I got a bit, he said, Jimmy, come here. I said, what? He said, just let me finish. There's one more thing. So he made a phone call, he says, uh, this morning, from Sir Matt. I said, oh, yeah. I says, and it went like this, Jim. Hi, Tony, my ear. He says, hiya. He says, is it right? They're selling Jimmy Green off. So then he told him the story, what had happened, and we forced to sell it. And he more or less said to him that, we know with Jimmy we'll get some money. We don't know about others. So yes, he is. He says, well, Tommy Doc says, if you are, you have to get him over to the cliff ASAP. So he says, what do you think, Jim? I'm off. <laughs> so I shook his hands and went and got, uh, well, I went and got my boots, in fact, out of boot room, even though I couldn't have played, you know, till, and, and came to... Did you mention any of this to any of the lads in the dressing room, where you were going? No, just went. Can I just ask you, if you hadn't have been so forceful about not wanting to make the move to Everton, would he have told you, do you think, about Sir Matt's phone call? No, I think he was one of those who told me a bit later is that you were only going to go to a really good club yeah. and that, that was United and he was big friends with, with Matt, big friends. I don't know much so much about Tommy, but uh, he says, you had to go there. So you were a happy man. And he says, um, I'm going to tell you something else as well. He says, why are you going there? He says, because the, Stan Cullis, last words to me was, he's just bought hell of a player there, you know. So that made me feel good, yeah. <laughs> And so, so I knew I could man, I could manage Man United. I could go play there and and do the business. Just before we move on to Manchester United, I do want to ask you one question about England. I know I did bring it up a little bit earlier too, but your former manager Don Revy picked you for an England team which you couldn't play in because of a league fixture when you were at Stoke. <sighs> That's right, played Derby. Yeah. How did you feel about that at the time? I know you said it was your bread and butter to That's play for your club. That's how it was. You had to play so for the club. No... It wasn't. It wasn't just made up there and then on the spot. There was one time when 
the papers, the press were clamouring for myself and Alan Hudson to both of us play. And uh, it, it, it bowed to it in a way when he played us both for the under-21s, under-23s, whatever it was, to play Hungary in Budapest. So we got there and trainer did the... Mentioned, named the team and what was that? I was on the right wing and Hudson was on the left wing. And yet we'd been in midfield, you know. He just knew what he was doing. He didn't want us to shine. He didn't want us to play for England. Did that? Does that, I suppose now when you look back at your career, is that something that still bothers you? Or is it not something you're too worried about? No, I can't doubt about it. Yeah. When people say to me, well, you, sh- you should have played for England. Do you want me to tell you why? But you get fed up of saying it, don't you? It's so strange to think that England would have a fixture. I know. At the same time as there are league yeah. fixtures. Yeah. It's so strange to that, think about When did that, that change in football? That, well, it changed by the time you were playing. Yeah. Yeah. Before me. Maisie, do you think there's anybody better than Jimmy that doesn't have a cap for England? That would have qualified to play for England. Well, Apart from yourself. So yourself, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Steve Bruce got Bruce, yeah. Yeah, Bruce Bruce is very little. Yeah. 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 I used to mention all the I was on the bench against Mexico in '96. That's the closest I got. But again, who do you think? Do you think there's anybody better than Jimmy that didn't play? Oh, certainly not. Jimmy was class. Hey, Sam looks fine. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the. Well, I'm, I was on the bench. <laughs> no. Also at Stoke, you talked about you practised your volleys when you were a kid with a tennis ball and one of your volleys was goal of the season in 1974. How well do you remember that? I get reminded about it every day, so (laughs) I'll never forget it. And it is shown a lot on TV, so uh, it'll always be there. And it'll always be there with the Stoke City supporters because I was playing for them at the time. They talk about it all the time. Every time I see it, you call it St Andrews, you know, so... Just taps into YouTube. Uh, this is it. Steals aiming for Robertson, gets it on for Greenoff. That looks useful. That's a good one. What a goal! Jimmy Greenoff, one nothing Stoke, and that is a goal that Jimmy Greenoff will remember for a long, long time. So superbly struck. The ball knocked forward to him, just about the edge of the box. He chests it down in one fluid movement. Turns, pivots, and whack! Far left corner of the net. Go on. Oh. Hey. Oh. What's the keeper doing? <laughs> Beautiful out there, Jim, as well. Long night, big blonde locks, huh? I better not. <laughs> no, say it, go on. When I was at Stoke, we got into Europe, and Cluffy was at, Brian Clough was at Leeds, and, well, he, he wasn't at this, because he got the sack, so Waddo rings him up and says, do you want like to come with us to Amsterdam? He says, and watch the lads play Ajax. Oh, yeah, so there he is on the plane and what have you. And we get down for tea... On the table of six, and I'm right opposite him. You're right, son. I'm <laughs> fine, are you? And he goes, Tell me, Jimmy, is that your real ale? Is it a real colour? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Have you dyed it? Or what? I said, No, why are you saying that? Because I used to have blackish sideburns, you see. <laughs> a lot of people did, it doesn't matter. They're thick. I said, it's because of them that you're kind of... <laughs> yeah, you're saying, do I diet or all that? He says, no, I am asking you. And he says, if it is your own and it's your own colour, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's quality. Quality. Brian Clough, brilliant. <laughs> what a man. It's beautiful. What was your reply? Thank you. <laughs> Great, myself. I can't remember. He's, he's just, 
run his arm through his hair. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That's a comment See, that you would make, Sam. Similar to Brian Clough. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> like to comment on things like that about people. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so you got your boots. That was you. You were gone. How much time did you have between leaving Stoke and joining United? And what conversations had you had with Brian at this stage? Not yet. I just knew that he was delighted over the moon, joyful that I was joining. Oh. Sammy McElroy told me that. He said, I just loved it that you were coming. Couldn't stop talking about it. Aww. Did it feel special to get to play together? Yeah, definitely. The only problem was, you, well, what we had, it was first game at home, me and sat at Chanting Green. <laughs> you wondered which one it was. <laughs> well, what, what I did, I kind of, with him at first, and I thought, no, I can't do that. So I just said to him, Ryan, I'm not going to acknowledge him. Says you just acknowledge them like you always have done, you yeah. know. And he said, "All right." So, said it chanting green off, green off, and Brian's giving it, and Jimmy's just looking round the <laughs> stadium and all that. And then I got the cry, "Jimmy, Jimmy, give us a wave." <laughs> <laughs> so that was so. That's what we did. Was, Brilliant. Yeah, that's so nice. So, suppose it wasn't hard for you to settle in the changing room or anything because you had family there. Yeah, and but kind of like Brian had told me that. All the lads wanted me to go. Yeah, so that made you feel good. And he says, he yeah. says I'll just tell you this, they all want you to go. Luma Car is just dying for you to be there. Wow. They, you know. Who were the characters in the dressing room then? Him, of course. Yeah. Was you a little bit of a character no. in the dressing room? No. Is it... no. More of a character since I left. Stop <laughs> playing football. Um, Mind booking? He wasn't funny at all, was he? <laughs> yeah, well, but good skipper. Yeah. Great skipper. Stepped up. Big Al. No, I like Big Al a lot. He's a great I mean fella. it a lot. And Pancho Pearson I like a lot. Tommy Doherty was your manager. He was fine with me. I know he had a lot of enemies. Yeah. Through his career here and all that. And people talked about him. And in not glowing terms, fine with me. Speaking of enemies... Obviously, you had previously played for Leeds and you joined Manchester United. Were, how conscious were you of that rivalry? Did you think it mattered? And when you eventually played Leeds, was there any... Did it come up? When we played them, yes. Uh, I remember, I mean, I happened to be fortunate enough to be captain after mm-hmm. a while when Peter Dobin had to pack the game in. So he made, he made me captain and I was captain when... Remember Leeds had gone 30 games without losing and they came to Stoke and we beat them. (laughs) And I scored. (laughs) Lovely moment, you know. Mm -hmm. But what he's done also, I know it's probably some people say I might, I shouldn't be saying this, but we won the Intercity's first cup while I was there. Two-legged affair, home and away. We played at home first. Now, I think it was Ferenc Varos. Right. Or Hudspest Doster. I know it was one of those two. Mm. And... The second leg was played the following year. We couldn't get it in, fix it in. I don't know why. And uh, we beat them in the first leg. And then they went to, and we won on the two legs. He never gave me my medal. Reeve didn't. Why? He says, where's my medal? Because I'd left the club. But I was entitled to it. Yeah, of course you were, yeah. And that's it to him on three, four occasions. He got me medal. Oh, yeah, I'll bring it to you. Oh, yeah, I'll get it to you. When we play you next, I'll get you. Yeah, to yeah. Never did. How oh, weird. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, one medal you did get, of course, is the 1977 FA Cup. Denied yeah. Liverpool the chance to win a yeah, treble. Know, yeah. 
Uh, we spoke to Lou about this, and I guess you've maybe watched that. Um, what are your recollections of that winning goal? I tried to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. I really came and marched <laughs> me back to get out of the way. Still hit me, mm-hmm. fortunately. <laughs> I never really knew the importance of it until we kind of all done the celebration. Half a dozen to Lou, half a dozen to me, all kind of packing, pissing yeah. and what have you. <laughs> and then we ran back to the halfway line and the scoreboard was up above. Yeah. And Liverpool won, United two, Liverpool goal scorer Case, and United's goal scorers, Pearson, Jay Green, I've so I've got it. Don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you only worry about it after that. I don't know how Lou feels, you know, but uh, I think at the time and for a long time we didn't care because uh, it stopped them doing the treble, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, when you get to win, you get to win. Yeah. It's, it's um it's one of those really funny things where I, I imagine you just, you almost knew nothing about it. And it, I suppose from, you'd think from Lou's perspective, he's, you know. As you see it here, you see that it does hit me, you know. There, yeah, it takes, you a, see. it takes a big hit. Yeah, yeah, it takes a big hit, yeah. Lou's shot was going wide, was it? Now, when he's, when he's being sensible, right, <laughs> what would have happened, Lou, with that shot? It would have hit the corner flag. If it had missed the corner flag, it would have been over the other side. <laughs> Yeah. He'll tell you. He, t- he, t- he did tell us that. Did he? Yeah, yeah good on him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, I have said, we'll share it. If you could share it, you'll share it. You mm-hmm. know, it was just a lovely, lovely moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What was it like playing in the FA Cup final? Goes too was, quick. Was, was, it all, was it always, for me, growing up as a kid, watching it, I always wanted to play in an FA Cup final. Yeah, I did. Uh, it was the same for you? Yeah. Was, that, was the FA Cup as big then as it was for me as well. Because it was only... Well, I don't know for you. I think it's still being big for you. I think it's bigger for us then than it is for these now. Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, the money's coming to it with the league, hasn't it? So, you know... But as a player to win the FA Cup... The foreigners who came here used to watch the FA Cup over in their country. Yeah. And that's all they wanted to do when they came Mm. was playing an FA Cup final. I don't think you get a better feeling driving down Wembley Way, Incredible. seeing all the fans, and then you walk up the tunnel. The crazy thing about it as well, when you're on the pitch or you're walking out, you've gone yeah. up the tunnel and then yeah. you walk into the centre. Over the dog track, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're looking for your family and you, you can't see them. No. You know roughly where but they you're are, you're looking yeah. for them. Yeah. That was a bit disappointing, that was. Do yeah. you think it was unfortunate that around the time, perhaps, that the FA Cup started to lose its shine was... Obviously, the Champions League became a much bigger focus for clubs and the Premier League, people wanted to win the league, obviously, ahead of the FA Cup. I guess that was always true, but I don't know. Um, But also, Wembley was rebuilt. So for 10 years, the FA Cup final wasn't at Wembley. And that's not to say there's something wrong with playing in Cardiff, but everybody talks about Wembley and Wembley Way and travelling down to London and all of that was missing. Twin Towers, yeah. Yeah, Seen the Twin Towers in the distance. Mind you, my kids went down and Mark and Julie and they said... they probably enjoyed Cardiff more. Right. In, did they go for 2004? Well, I wasn't playing, obviously. But yeah. When, <laughs> so that, was when, that was when we beat Millwall. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Jimmy, can I just ask you about your managers at the time at Manchester United? What was the big difference between Tommy Doherty and Dave Sexton? Because obviously you've mentioned before that some people didn't necessarily get along with the doc, but you did. Yeah. But what was their difference in management styles? Well, I think with the doc, he just kind of... All our training was one touch or two touch. No messing around with the ball, getting up to Jimmy, up to Panish, 
get Stevie Coppel bobbing on, Gordon Hill, yeah. oh, Lou McCartney, and it was easy. Unfortunately for Dave, God rest his soul, I liked him a lot. But he started all this and in training. near post, yeah. far post. And who did he put on it, on the free kick? Mickey, Mickey Thomas. Mickey didn't know if that was near post or far post. <laughs> and, he didn't, and he didn't, and he'll probably admit yeah. it, you know. Just for those listening, Jimmy is raising an arm for near post, two yeah, arms for so. far post, like you see players do sometimes when they take a corner. So I, I guess it was a bit more, not tactical, but it was more sort of structure. That's right, yeah. Where does we get a free kick? And when uh, Sammy McIlroy put the ball down and off he went, mm. you know. It was, <laughs> no, Mickey, that's near post. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it right that when you were a player, you were quite <laughs> fond of a no-look pass? Aye. Because that's something that people, I think, make a big fuss of now because there are so many replays and you'll get, I don't know, compilations on YouTube of players that do it all the time. Was it a common thing back then or was it something you just sort of did naturally? I think it was, I just did it naturally, mm -hmm. yeah. I love to look that way and ping it that way, though. You know, what a daisy cutter. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I just love <laughs> pinging the ball about and people going that way. You <laughs> see, you, you know, it's a fact, though. So, 79, you also won Player of the Year. You were the top goal scorer too. I never worried about being the top goal scorer or anything like that, scoring the most goals. I mean, even the... I mean, I'm here, I didn't care if I was top goal scorer, if I only got two or three. Why? As long as, as, long as the club won. You know, Ellen, there's so many people hate Man United. You have to play for them, love to realise. <laughs> and you want to you beat them, you know, oh, dear. Hate it. I do. I, I hate going in people's company when I know that the supporters of another club will... Haters. I See, can't I help it. I can't help it. I love that. I love the fact that people hate Man United because when you're playing it, there's nothing better that you know that everybody in this stadium is right behind you. There's, I, I love the fact that people hate United because I think it just makes us so much stronger. I just think it's we deserve what we were. Yeah. And we're a good side and that still kind of run you down. We wouldn't run down certain clubs, you know, if they were doing well. Mm. How did you feel when you went to places like Anfield to play and you obviously you were surrounded by people that were not so fond of you? Just give you something to, to strive for, didn't mm -hmm. it, to beat them. Who was the best player that you played with whilst you were here? My strike partner was, took some beating. That was Pancho. Martin Buchan was a good captain. Always glad at the time when he was at the back because he was very pacey, wasn't he? Very pacey. Mm. I don't know, there's so many. I mean, Sammy was good. I mean, what did Debbie with Arthur Olberston had? Yeah. When um, when it came to your your realisation maybe that you were going to leave United, had Brian already left or was he still there? Gone. He'd gone? Gone to Leeds, yeah. And ha was that around the same sort of time? Oh, well, I know I played against him at Leeds. Mm -hmm. And you were at United? Yeah. What was that like? Well, it was all right. I was playing for United. We were going to beat them. And we did beat them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when did when did you come to the realisation that you were going to leave was that something you wanted or was it something I've got a bad injury a pelvic injury I'll be yeah. honest with you and uh, I couldn't drive to when if I drove to the ground and then to get out of the car it was an effort I mean I just couldn't I was knees on the floor hands on the floor and kind of wow. climbed up the car and I couldn't do it anymore and I wasn't playing then because I couldn't play and uh, I didn't want him to pick me and what happened just the once was Dave Sexton, we were playing Liverpool. I hadn't played for 10 months or whatever as well. 
and he called me over on the pitch. He said, how are you feeling? I'm struggling to die, heaven happened. I'm really, really struggling. He says, but you had your first game in the reserves. How did it go? And, oh, and you scored. And nobody's, it's not very good. It, I can't run, I can't get out of cars. I'm, I'm not, well, I'm playing you, he says, on Saturday. But you, well, you can't play me, I can't. I can't run. I'm running, oh, tiptoeing as if I've messed my pants. I can't, I just can't go. Can we put that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I said, you just can't. He said, Jimmy, I'm playing you. And if the crowd ever go at you or anything like that, I'll take the blame. Because you know why you're playing? You've got it over them. You score against them all the time. They don't like you playing against them. So I says, well, all right, and give it a go. And what happens? I score with me. Amazing. How did you play in so much pain, though? Half pace. Wow. Did he say anything to you after about that you'd scored the winner and you'd said that you didn't want to play? Uh, no, just said, well done, mate, well done. That's it. Can't say who tells, could I? <laughs> That's amazing. Did you, did you didn't want to play, I was in pain. Did you play after that then, Jim? Or was that... Was that nearly you done? That was nearly me done, and I just realised I couldn't very well play anymore because I'd be going to get the money from here and I know what I've been used used to seeing me play, how I played. Yeah. And so I decided that America was on offer, I could walk around that pitch. Yeah, yeah. And so I decided to go there. That was... I had three and a half years left here, you know, on my contract. Yeah. Oh. I could have kidded it, couldn't I? I could have yeah. pretended that I was all right. So how did the move come there? Was it Tor- Toronto Blizzard, was it? Yeah, they just come to me and it's a foreign name. <laughs> yeah? Um, yeah, they just come around when America was the big talk, was the big thing to do, Pelly was there. Yeah. Bestie had gone there, and then I went over there. So yeah, sorry, Jim, uh, you had three and a half years left. Yeah. And what happened with that contract? You just... I couldn't have played anyway. So there, did, the club, was no did the club pay you up? Or? No, there was no... I inquired, there, there was no... There's nothing coming forward on that. Right, okay. Was it still the same injury that you were struggling with, yeah. a pelvis injury? Yeah. But I'd been resting for a bit as well, so it was all right, didn't it? And then it flares up and then once yeah. you start trying to do it. So a bit of pre-season at Crew and off to Toronto. Did you enjoy that experience? No pre-season at Crew. No, no, I, I mean, I mean, I mean <laughs> oh, you were you just... Mean for the, yeah. yeah, you were just, you were there, you were staying fit and you were trying getting... Trying to, yeah. Yeah, and you were getting ready to go to Toronto. Yes. Did you enjoy it in Canada? The worst team in the league. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, lad, the, the lads and all that, the guys there, and even the people who kind of did all the business to get me there were all smart, you know. And, did yeah. you move your family out there? No, they came for a, a holiday. Right. So he's out there on your own then, so, so to Yeah, speak. but there was a, a few lads, you know, yeah. from England. So Pele and George Best. Best were there? Yeah. Five. Not obviously at the same team, but yeah. you played against them then? You didn't play. You always didn't play against every team. Didn't play against George's team. Played against Pelly's team. Mm-hmm. Why, is, why? Why was that? Did you not? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, so yeah. they were on. He was. He was. They were on. I think they were. He, 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 yeah, he was yeah. on the west coast yeah. of America, and you're yeah. on the yeah the northeast coast well, of Canada, and the, so that travel distance was yeah. just enormous. That's just how it was, and. Uh, I feel like we've just rushed over really quickly. You leave in Manchester United. Um, what who what was said to you at the time? Like, who had that conversation with you? Was it Dave Sexton? Yeah, and I said I'll have to go and 
I was told by one doctor who examined me back the game in, and then went to another one. No, you could be all right. So you try. Yeah. The first one was right. I went down to London for the second one. What was the actual injury? Just pelvic, pelvic, which affected the groins as well. Right. So in in, the bowl, in, right in, in, in today's game, you'd be all right, so to speak. No. No. Yeah. No. All oh, right. Okay. What do you mean? No, with a medical. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know what it's they could have done. It's a hard thing to fix you know, your pelvis, though, isn't it? I don't know what they could have done by now with it. No. I know it was kind of, I had to start doing a lot of stretching. Decided to stretch mm-hmm. it and stretch it. Were you sad when the moment came to leave the club? Yeah, of course. But, uh, you know, it had to be done, you know, it had to be farewell and all that. But I had some good memories. You left with great friends as well? Who yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I said, I come back here, I was welcomed into the into the hospitality side of it and that was good. Yeah. Sometimes you can go to clubs and they'll just go, oh, yeah, we've, yeah, you've done it for us now. No, you're not coming back. I'm all right, apart from I've three and a half years left, which would have been nice yeah. to have done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it was it nice, though, because obviously you, you knew you weren't fit enough to play, yeah. so I suppose it's not like you you still felt you had a lot to offer and the club were telling you you had to go. I suppose you got to do it on your own terms to some extent. wages, obviously, that's what it's all about, isn't it, uh, yeah. really? And then was it was it was it exciting to think? Oh, actually, I'm going to go to Canada. I'm going to do something different, as opposed to like some players who will, you know, move down I the league. I couldn't have gone to another league or yeah. down or whatever. Mm-hmm. The crew thing was just to get to America without mm-hmm. Toronto having to play a big size of money, you know. So how long did you spend there? <laughs> well, aside for two years, I was back after a year. The football was kind of, and the players that you had to play three North Americans. And that was to bring their game on, which is yeah. good. Yeah. But you had to play three. We played six. We played six every game. Mm. So you could tell how bad we were. They were only just learning, honestly. <laughs> Sorry for any North Americans yeah. listening. We've got yeah. goalkeepers at ball coming to them instead of catching it and punishing it, you know. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. But the place, Toronto itself, recommend go anytime you want. It's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but guys, brilliant city. Really. Did you go up the CN Tower? Yes. Did you stand on the glass? Yes. Did it scare you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I don't like heights, and yet it did it mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, walking around like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you left Toronto, and then you came back to Port Vale, was it? Yeah, I was kind of playing in a game with crew, just missing, yeah. and, and the Port Vale chairman, who I knew was there, and he came up to me after and he said, when you, when you, will you come to us next year? And I says, I'll think about it, but I'm struggling, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. And John McGrath, God rest him, yeah. was the manager. And he started talking, oh, yeah, this and that. What a flanneler he was. <laughs> I mean, just, I just didn't get on with him as well. Right. I see, I see my band don't get on with him as well, don't it? But we would do training and I was doing the best I could. And he was doing one one where they'd go like, it's around the 18-yard box, up a hill, down, and then up again, and up here to finish. Who did he put me with? The fastest player in the club, Mark Chamberlain. <laughs> right. And he was just trying to ridicule me all the time. It just went, I don't know. So you knew your playing career was coming to oh, an end, yeah. really? I know you had a little spell at Rochdale as well, but... 
Yeah, that mean that was. You don't want to talk about that because that goes where they promise you things and it just never happens. Right. And so he just said, "I'm, I'm going to see you." Was it, was it, was it tough, Jimmy, finishing? Because I found it tough. I mean, you know, your day to day routine of going in, seeing the lads, and then it just stops. You do miss that, don't you? Yeah, big time. What did you do after that? How did you, how did you cope oh, with it? Oh God. Was it tough or? Yeah. Well, eventually I went into insurance with. It was a so-called best mate of mine I've made friends with over the years that I've been living there. And he kippered me, good and proper. My house was paid for, lost it. My life savings, lost them. Did it good and proper. What what happened, if you don't mind me asking? He had the money. He was taking money to insure people. He even insured um, through Alexandra Kids and he kept the money. So he was taking the money, telling people yeah. they had insurance, but they didn't? Yeah. And when did you find out? I've just got a feeling I called the coppers and the police, sorry, called the police in and just said, will you check this out? I'm not too happy with it. And how long had it been going on for? A long time. Like years? Yeah. With the, with the From the beginning, because the police did come up and say, well, sorry, Jimmy, we really are, but he's done it from day one. So you couldn't have... And you lost your house, yeah. lost all your money. For well, how did that? How did that come about? Did you have to pay back? Yeah. Who or what? Sorry. Well, it was all your clients, and you got the, the um, right, files, so etc., yeah. and all oh, that. God. And all your and it's amazing once they knew that kind of in trouble, how they come. Oh, I insured, I paid him, and I yeah. paid him. Nobody paid me, but they all paid him. Had uh, so did, were the police him. able to do anything? Well, they got put away, but not for too, not for long. Oh well, my goodness! Since, I think he got a few years, three or four years. That was in nine nineteen ninety six. That was. Yeah. Have you seen him since? He died about a few weeks, a few months ago. Oh right. How much of a strain did that put on your family, I, for example? Uh, they were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant. And my kids, my wife, and my kids were brilliant. So you had to start again, really, didn't you? Yeah, but they just saw me through it and all that, yeah, and. That was the main thing. Not even just the financial side, but to be conned by someone and someone you think that you've trusted for all those years, it probably really affects your relationships with other people in the future. You think about it, yeah. Mm. But I've been all right. Don't trust that one. No, (laughs) you can trust me with everything, Jimmy. If you were all like him, it'd be all right, wouldn't it? And now, obviously, that's been, what, 27 years or... 30 years ago are you enjoying your life now you're coming to United you're doing the boxes I love doing that yeah mm-hmm. I love that I met up with all the lads and new ones I've never met Dave before like just some good lads there isn't there yeah I find whenever you come back to Old Trafford and you see because I didn't I didn't know you from from Adam Jimmy yeah, when I yeah, first yeah. met you and I think it just it just goes to show what a family Manchester United are that I don't know you but it's as if I've known you all my oh, life. Yeah. And that's with yeah. Pancho, with Lou, yeah. Paddy. It's so close, so close-knit. Yeah. The players over the last, what, 30 years I've been at the club, 25 years I've been at the club, never never ever leaves you. Never. And it's and I love the club, the way they do it and they look after the, the older pros. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. I do I love it. Just sometimes. I mean, I wouldn't change everything I did apart from all the bad things that happened and all. But the football side, I wouldn't change. 
I think I'd just like to play on that green stuff. What is it? Grass. <laughs> I call it grass. I'd just love to have played on that a few seasons. Can I ask you, though, sorry, it's going back a little bit. When you did play with Brian here on the Old Trafford pitch, did your parents come? I'm just trying to think if they were alive. Well, my dad weren't. My dad had died when we were here. My mum came, yeah. Mm-hmm. My mum saw us play when we beat Liverpool, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you know when you look back and you look at the, you, you know, you look at the pitch now, Obviously, the, the scenery's changed, but the pitch is still the same. The goals are still in the, exactly the same spot. Do you ever look back and think, wow, I've played there? And, and reminisce. No, and, I look now and, and say, I wish I could play there. I yeah, wish exactly. I could play there again. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, I can't. But yeah. Would you ever get flashbacks of, of things? Think about them. Yeah. When you, look, when you look at the pitch now, empty stadium, or obviously the tours are going on and. All little yeah. bits are going on, but you think. See, I love doing that as well. God, I mean, I think he's like, I think he's left now. Steve Armour, Steve. I yeah. Know, I forgot a second there. But he brought me out and and, uh, and did the, the tours. I love that more than old. Yeah. Because I was learning even the first few hours doing the, this and that. I didn't know that. <laughs> this and, yeah, I yeah. didn't. Did you see on where they call it as well? Um, one of them auction programmes. Somebody had got an old. Man United photograph from years gone by. Yeah. And the money it went for was incredible. Incredible. That's how big they are. What about your medals? You've never sold those, though? Oh, they're my kids. Kids can have them. Yeah. I had the shirt pinched. The one that went, the ball hit me, I went, I had the shirt pinched out of the dressing room. Oh. On the day? Yeah. Didn't know about it. Probably Lou. (laughs) (laughs) Probably Lou. If you could go back to one game, Jim, at Old Trafford. Sorry, Lee, if you're listening. I don't know. If the, the, we played Liverpool, you know, in a semi-final replay mm-hmm. at Goodison. Yeah. I think I'd like to see that again. Yeah. A lot of people talk about that, fans. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, Jimmy, it's been an unbelievable pleasure to listen to your stories. Uh, but unfortunately, I guess that's it. Thank you so much for talking to us. See you next week. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. See you, thanks. That was an excellent podcast, and the reason I say that is one, because it was, and two, because, and we know this because he told us, Jimmy is a fan of the podcast, and I think at the end there he felt a bit worried that maybe he hadn't done a good job, which I thought was very sweet, but made me feel a little bit sad, because actually, I thought he was a wonderful guest. Fantastic. I loved his stories. I said he was a very humble man, Mm -hmm. and he's he's gone up, again, in my expectations, he is absolutely amazing. Lovely fella. Really nice. Any favourite stories? I loved the story about how when he was at Stoke and the stadium was yeah. broken and he was walking off and then it was, Jimmy, come back here. We had some Matt on the phone and I thought, just yeah. imagine imagine that being your life where someone's saying, so Matt Busby's been on the phone. Like it it, it links everything, doesn't it? That's great about this football club. Particularly, it's really particularly cool. having just argued the case that he's not going anywhere. Yeah. I am not going anywhere. Yeah. With United coming, well, right, okay. Shaking hands immediately yeah. and being like, let me grab my boots, I'm just gone. Just also yeah. the fact that he was just saying Matt... Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. obviously, we only ever yeah. referred to him as Sir Matt, mm. but he knew him as just Matt. Yeah. That always blows yeah, my mind when people too. talk it's... about Sir Alex Ferguson, too. Yeah. Growing up as a kid with a little tennis ball, playing against the Gable Ends, practicing, being Bobby Charlton, practicing these volleys, left foot, mm, right foot. Brilliant. So cool. 
Yeah, that was really cool, wasn't it? Also, like the thing about leaving school a year early. Oh my oh, word! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay to get out of school. Pay to tenner to get out. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that just went Kids, in their teacher's back pocket? <laughs> Where did the money go? Yeah. Because what's that? What's that compensating for? I know. That's just gone. That's just gone in a pocket, isn't it? Yeah. We won't turn you one off. You go. Um, he also loved playing for United. I loved yeah. that about him because he hated other fans, and he said mm-hmm. even now he yeah. hates when he meets other fans. That <laughs> yeah. was brilliant. That was amazing. Uh, also, it, although he didn't elaborate a lot on playing with Brian, I think it was clear that he loved it that they were here at the same time and got to share this together. Mm. And the fact his mum was there to see him play. Yeah. Pity about his dad not being there. God bless. His story about going to Toronto was quite funny, wasn't it? Yeah, didn't seem too enamoured, did he? No, <laughs> not overly impressed. <laughs> not with the football, but you should go yeah. and check out Toronto if yeah. you, really if you nice. want to, he said. Toronto in America? In Canada, yeah. yeah. Well, kept saying America. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. I was going to America. I guess that's where the league was. What a guy, absolutely loved that podcast. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, superb. Helen, have you got any tweets? I've got, I've got some tweets, Maisie, have Lovely. you got some tweets? I think, the, yeah, probably the same one, yeah. <laughs> Michael Harris said, you weren't tagged in this one. Sorry, Sam. Love the podcast with uh, Clive Tildesley. Every time I hear his commentary from 99, it sends this tingle down my spine and gets me emotional. One of the voices of my childhood. I mean, that's the joy of having him on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got one from Michael Taylor. He said, did you know there are five members of the 1968 European Cup winning side still alive? So Bobby, David Sadler, John Aston Jr., Brian Kidd, and of course, Paddy, who's been on the podcast. Maybe we could hear from them. I, I think maybe he's thinking like we could do a big group podcast. Well, there are a couple of them we have been working on and we're trying to get hold of. And, and actually, sometimes it's just been a, the dates haven't quite worked out. So bear with us. We expect we will get some more 68 winners on the podcast in the future. But thank you for the message, Michael. Thank you very much. That's all of our messages. That's it this week. I hope you enjoyed the story uh, from Jimmy. Uh, We hope you found this podcast as wonderful as Brian Clough found Jimmy's hair. Uh, if you want to get in touch (laughs) if you want to get in touch you can email is unitedpodcast at main.co.uk and we will see you next time happy Christmas in the meantime happy Christmas Merry Christmas it was a ho 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 I'll see your kids soon Helen Christmas Maze is on his way (laughs) 